Let's go to solving the world's problems, where we talk to some of our nation's thinkers about the problems I'd like to see solved. This week I'm joined in our Auckland studio by Simon Wilson, Senior Writer for the New Zealand Herald. Hi, Simon. Kia ora, Jesse. We've had a, a year of Mayor Brown. We have. We had a year of all the new mayors around the country, of course, the councils. But this coming Sunday will be the first anniversary for Auckland of their brand new uh, overwhelmingly popular when he was elected to office, Mayor Wayne Brown. Yeah, and you had an interesting campaign with Mayor Brown, but I see <laughs> in your analysis you can see some positives and some negatives in his first 12 months. Yes, I can. I've got a piece coming in the Herald on Saturday um, where I've assessed his year and given him a rating, and I'm not going to tell you what the rating is at this point. Um, but I, um, I think to an extent the jury is still out on Wayne Brown. What I really like about what he's doing is that he's aiming high. Um, he's recognised that the city has really big problems um, and s- some big structural solutions are required. And by structural, I mean he wants changes in the way uh, revenue is generated. So he wants, like many councils around the country, he wants some of the GST revenue to flow back to council to use for spending on uh, developing infrastructure. Um, he wants to fix what we have in Auckland as an extraordinary mess of transport administration. Mm-hmm. So we have Auckland Transport run by uh, theoretically part of the council team but actually separate from council plus the Ministry of Transport plus Waka Kotahi, both of those being government agencies um, plus um, other transport agencies as well. He, he, His argument is Auckland Council should be in charge of transport. It's what most Aucklanders want council to fix mm-hmm. um, and therefore should have much greater authority and there is a great deal of support for that idea in the transport world um, but of course, it means Wellington government giving up power, or some power at least, mm. uh, and transferring it to Auckland, and nobody in the universe gives up power easily. <laughs> uh, so that's I, a tough one. I, but I really admire that he's aiming high to try and do those things. Um, he's yeah. possibly aiming higher than you expected him to aim? Um, I think he is, you know, because he campaigned on things like road cones and um, you know, the silly wasteful spending, and he always used trivial examples for, for that. Um, but actually what he's doing is trying to develop a way in which the city can f- can address some major problems and not get sidetracked uh, by many of the minor ones. There seems to be, uh, from an outsider's point of view, the sort of recurring theme in his first few weeks where he'd been railing against something and then he'd actually go along and visit the place and look around and say, oh, this isn't too bad. The best <laughs> example of that is the city rail link, the CRL, you know, where he actually refused, during the election campaign, he refused to accept a visit to the, to the place. Um, in office, he got a proper tour and a proper briefing and he met the people and talked through and he became a great fan and where he'd spent the election saying I don't see that it's really uh, there's really a good reason for it and I'm not sure it's going to work and it's obviously a colossal spend so therefore probably a colossal waste of money he now says it's going to be very likely a great Mm. thing for Auckland Um, would like it to be opening uh, more quickly than it's going to because we're not we're not we're looking for still out to about 2026 at the moment but but yeah a real change and light rail's another one he he is opposed like lots of us to tunneled light rail but he thinks light rail is an important uh, thing for Auckland interesting he also thinks in transport that public transport has to be prioritised on the roads so the buses need the ability to be able to use the roads freely and efficiently so that people who want to catch a bus know that they're 
journey won't take twice as long as it will in a car. Um, and that's a really critical insight you know, to be able to do that, to be able to prioritise public transport use on the roads uh, so that they are efficient. And if they're also affordable, then people are going to use them more. He is, of course, we shouldn't overstate the power of the mayor. He is just one vote, sometimes a casting vote on that or at that council table. How is he getting along with the other members of the council and how effective has he been at getting consensus or at least majority on issues that he cares about? Well, it's, it, it's really um, notable that when he came into office, uh, he identified a number of councillors who had been on the outer with his predecessor, Phil Goff, and he said, OK, you people can be important to me. Um, you've supported my candidacy for mayor, and I'll give you important jobs. Uh, some of those still have important jobs, um, uh, but some don't. He's, he's, he's revised and is continuing to revise his, his views of who's functional, who's efficient, uh, who can get the job done, and who's reliable. Uh, so there's there are changes in the pecking order that are ongoing, and that's kind of fascinating to watch. Yeah, um, not just divided on along right-left Absolutely lines. not. Yeah. So, you know, people will know that his deputy was Desiree Simpson, who is National Party, um, and one of his key uh, committee chairs is Richard Hills, who is Labour Party. Now, both those people were very close to Phil Goff as well. Um, it's pr- I would say it's probable that whoever had won the mayoralty, Desiree, was going to be the, the deputy. Mm-hmm. So she was the kind of glue in the place. Um, so, you know, all that happened. And then Wayne, earlier this year, had to get his annual budget passed, uh, and he couldn't do what he wanted to do. He he turned out, this is, you know, I talked him up before, but talking him down, um, he he wanted a low rates rise, and that's a, he ended up with the highest rates rise that we've had in the super city yet. He wanted to sell the council's airport shares and he could only sell less than half of them. He proposed a whole range of quite severe cuts to community and arts and other spending and very few of those got through. So he didn't get the budget he wanted. He now faces a 10-year budget process, which he's just they're starting on now, and that's going to be, if you like, an acid test for him. Is he going to get the kind of reforms he wanted uh, to get council spending in line. If he can do that, he'll leave a real legacy. He had an unexpected event to deal with, that Cyclone Gabriel. Actually, before Cyclone Gabriel, there were the um, anniversary floods. That's right. Do you think that had an impact on his leadership and, and his perspective? I do. Uh, I think he learned a, a number of things. He uh, he had always said, said he thought the Auckland Council administration wasn't very functional. He discovered that although there were some extremely functional people working at council, it wasn't fit for purpose in, an, in a climate emergency. So he jumped on that and he has been looking hard at and working hard to, to revise and reform. So that's the first thing that happened. Second, he realised that actually leadership means leadership and uh, you know he was pretty famously caught wanting at the start. He was he didn't seem to be on top of things at all. Um, and uh, he's recognised that he's got to do a lot better in, in, in that regard. Uh, but what he also learnt, clearly learnt, was that climate change is a real thing. During his election campaign, he had, he had tended to dismiss it as, as an issue that needed to concern either him or voters. Uh, but he now knows that it is a real issue. He now knows it's really important. Uh, and he's fully supportive of the council's programme called Making Space for Water, uh, which is a plan for how the city can work with flooding, you know, work with the water, rather than trying to just turn its back and shut it out and therefore be overwhelmed by it. Uh, it's, a, it's a terrific plan. He thinks the officials internally who devised it are great. Uh, 
um, and he's backing it. I haven't come across that one before. It sounds so, positive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And we're going to hear a lot more about that. And, of course, as we get into late summer next year, uh, it may be different. We may be droughts instead of floods we have, but there's going to be more wild weather. He's a politician. You're a senior journalist. It's not your job to be friends. But do you feel as though the two of you have got to know each other a little better since the campaign? <laughs> um, well, he... he Refused to talk to me for a long yeah. time, um, but I'm not alone in that. He refused to talk to most journalists. Um, nearly everybody who was covering council was shut out. I, I got an interview with him, um, a couple of interviews uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, and uh, I think we've turned a corner there. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, look forward to seeing your analysis on Saturday. The other thing to note is that I think there was a bit of a... Um, a fear that he may be used as a, um, this is just a, a real paraphrase here, but as a puppet of the National Party or a puppet uh-huh. of the right-wing <laughs> forces, um, some of the people attaching themselves to him or who he brought in in those yeah. early days seemed like they were part of that machine, but that's not the case. Well, it's interesting. He campaigned with a campaign team that was from National Party or National Party people, yeah. um, and the Fix Auckland slogan that he had, which was a slogan based on market research that was done to show people are fed up with dreams and visions and goals mm. and they just want things fixed and, and it was quite brilliant. But the National Party people who got him elected are not with him now um, and uh, the people who are closest to him in his office, uh, if anything, they're closer to Labour. But it doesn't follow that he was national and he's now Labour. He's a political independent. He's, I think, congenitally incapable of being a political uh, party animal. Um, he's his, Maybe um, not such he's, a bad thing yeah, for a man. And, and that may be true. Thank you. Simon Wilson, great to uh, chat to you. Simon's uh, full analysis and rating of the Mayor's first 12 months of being the Herald this weekend.